All right, we don't do much Jets on Keep to the City, and that's mainly because I'm a Giants family, mainly because the Jets haven't been relevant now in a few years since uh, Victor Cruz ruined their Christmas with that 99-yard touchdown that propelled the Giants to their second Super Bowl in four years. But uh, when we do do Jets, the Jets fan I like to talk to is is my friend Tim Duff, a Jets season ticket holder who, uh, you know, no matter how bleak things look for the Jets, no matter how bad it looks like it might be for them in a season, he's the guy who will tell me 10-6 uh, and six at worst, uh, probably 11-5 and five, though. And he joins me today with the Jets season just a couple days away. They open on Sunday at MetLife against the Raiders. Tim, how's it going today? You know, I'm doing very well, thanks. Uh, you really had that uh, whole intro very well prepared i could say um <laughs> but you know what their relevancy is coming back and i, I think they're going to be more relevant than uh than the giants this year it's just uh you know coming swinging here <laughs> well to start things off you know i didn't see you on the list of uh potential names to to be the new fireman ed and there is a new guy and you you know you were describing some background to me uh about him before but you know tim duff why aren't you going to be the guy the jets guy uh, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. You know, I, I plan on being booed at uh, other stadiums, but uh, I'm sure uh, Derek Tobacco, knowing the Jets fans as well as I do, might have a bit of an uphill battle to uh, replace uh, the iconic uh, Fireman Ed. Uh, so, you know, this is one of those things I feel better happens naturally on its own. But, uh, you know, I'm wishing Derek Tobacco the best of luck, but uh, he's got big shoes to fill that I would not want to want to attempt to. Besides, I'm, I'm a little busy during the game, uh, you know, freaking out in other ways. <laughs> well, when you look at the history of Fireman Ed and the way he sort of just, you know, packed it in after the uh, devastating Patriots loss, the butt fumble loss, and he talks about, uh, or at least he's spoken about the fact that, you know, people are trying to fight him in the bathroom or whatever was happening, but... Um, you know, going back, I mean, obviously you grow up as a Jets fan. He's a sort of a staple and icon in the stands, more so really than um, any other player in, you know, our generation of of the Jets. But, you know, with him leaving and just sort of, you know, packing up and going home and not doing the chant anymore, apparently he still goes to the games but sits in other places, isn't it? Isn't exactly the face of the Jets fans anymore. You know, what was your feelings about that? Because I know we haven't talked in a long time. And, uh, you know, your feelings on the Jets losing their, their iconic fan. I mean, I got to say, I was pretty devastated by the whole thing. You know, uh, I think the main reason he really was catching a lot of heat uh, had to do with the fact that he was rocking a Sanchez jersey that year. And I, you know, appreciate him going out for a limb, going on a limb trying to rally for the guy who, you know, as we all know, really just kind of, you know, it just wasn't happening in New York. And and, uh, that was a desperate year for him that could not have gone worse. And, uh, you know, the fans took it out on, on him, which, you know, is unfortunate because, you know, as decisive, you know, divisive and, uh, brutal Jets fans can be and, and everyone's always hating on, you know, anyone that's not performing. It, it is, uh, very sad and not my proudest day being a part of, uh, you know, Jets Nation, uh, when, uh, Fryman had decided to pack it in. But, you know, you can't blame him with, uh, the heat he was getting, so. Uh, hopefully, people learn from that. That you know, you, we gotta we gotta stick together because, Lord knows, there aren't many of us uh, out there compared to uh, you know your Giants uh, fan base. <laughs> well, when you look at the the contest they ran, and uh, I forgot all about. It. I forgot that they were doing it. I heard about it when they first announced that they were doing it. It seemed like the typical Jets thing to do, and. 
you know, while you're a Yankees fan as well, and, and you know, fortunately not a Mets fan, that seems like something right okay. up the Jets or Mets uh, fan base alley where they'd hold a contest to see who would be the new spokesman for spokesperson for the fan, and it just seems like there's no way this will go over well. No, it's not going to work. I mean, you know, whoever's in charge with, you know, media and publicity, I just don't think have been able to get it right for the Jets in, in a long time. Uh, I will say it's better than what they tried last year, which was, you know, guest celebrities, you know, <laughs> doing the chants. And, like, I, I could not – people could not have been less into it then. You know, maybe because this guy's voted by some fans, it will gain a little traction. I mean, you do miss the chant, and I think the chant is so iconic in football. I mean, you can't say anyone has a better chant than the JTS chant, uh, which is the one thing we do have going for us, I guess. But uh, hopefully, you know, people come around to it. But, yeah, the approach is I'm very, very skeptical. <laughs> well, I know that uh, you're always optimistic, as I alluded to earlier, about the Jets and their chances. And this year it seems like, you know, people are anywhere seven and nine, eight and eight, maybe nine and seven if a few things go right. Uh, you know, looking at the schedule, I mean, after the week one game against Oakland on uh, this coming Sunday, uh, they have a pretty serious gauntlet with Green- at Green Bay, then home against Chicago and Detroit, at San Diego, back home against Denver, and then at New England. Um, really just six make-or-break weeks there where uh, it would be nice if they could go 500, keep their season afloat as they head into the middle of October after that Patriots game. But, um, you know, I have a feeling you must be pretty optimistic about this six-week gauntlet. I don't think most people would be, but you got to figure they'll beat the Raiders. I saw today the Raiders haven't won a game in the Eastern time zone since 2009. Um, and, and, you know, they're just a team in disarray and, and could be probably the worst team in the league this year. But, you know, after this Oakland game, things get pretty dicey for the Jets. Yeah, uh, we couldn't be luckier having to open up against a team that, on paper, would be an all-star team, you know, in 2010 uh, with, you know, some of the old guys they picked up uh, who, you know, have a rookie quarterback and, you know, can't win anywhere on the East Coast. So, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, leave it to the Jets to have a must-win week one uh, because in reality it is. If they can't beat the Raiders, it's, it's... going to get ugly fast i think because of yeah that that next six seven game stretch uh i'm not overly optimistic about that stretch but i do think the jets are gonna steal some wins and steal enough to you know be able to make a run uh later in the season you know i think this is a, a young team that's starting to gel early which is good uh i think they're going to get better as time progresses especially in the secondary position uh you know we all know what's what's going on there and Obviously, not having Milner week one is going to hurt, but if there's any team you wouldn't mind not having him for, it would be the Raiders uh, game. So hopefully you get him healthy uh, for the Green Bay game week two. That will help out. But, yeah, I mean, it's really going to be up to uh, to the, the front. Uh, you know, that pass rush has to just destroy the quarterback so that they don't have enough time to throw it, you know, on these, uh, these young corners. But, you know, I, I think the Jets are going to – I think they're getting a little more respect, but I also think even with that, uh, they're going to surprise people. Obviously, I'm always the optimistic one. You know, my father is the exact opposite. Usually, if you average our two projections together, we're kind of close. Um, you know, he doesn't think they're going to win many games, but, uh, I, you know, I think, I think we got a potential uh, wild-card playoff team here. 
Well, that's I think that's pretty optimistic for a Jets fan, especially you. I'm surprised you know you at least you're toning down. You're not going for the division title. It's it seems like at least until Tom Brady's in the league that that's just going to go to New England. Well, you know, <laughs> I think next year they can make a run for it. You know, they got a couple more holes to fill and and some cap space. Maybe they can use up next year where I think they can get over that hump. And you know, I, I like I Isaac's approach. He's done a nice job. You know, just kind of getting younger uh, and getting some raw talent that can develop. And, and there's been players kind of stepping up, and, and I feel like the team's deeper than it has been. I mean, these uh, preseason games used to be a total disaster, and granted, the Eagles game was. But uh, I feel like watching some of the you know second and third stringers, there's, there's a lot of promise for this team. You know, in the next couple of years to to be strong. But with that, I think. You know, the offense is going to be miles ahead of where they were. And if, you know, Gino throwing as many picks as he did uh, last year and still being able to win eight games when, you know, you had Santonio Holmes and Clyde Gates lining up at wide receiver, uh, you know, compared to Chris Johnson and Eric Decker and, you know, some of these other guys that are coming in with uh, another year under – Marty Morningwig's offense. I, I think the I think this offense is actually going to be exciting to watch for once. They actually might be able to move the ball without it looking <laughs> like you know they're fighting for every single yard. <laughs> you mentioned Idzik and the the job that he's done. It seems like you're satisfied with the job that he's done. And I know when Tannenbaum was there, it, it seemed like at first uh, with those back to back AFC Championship game appearances, um, everyone was loving Mr. T and everyone thought he was doing a great job and. I recall in their hard knocks, uh, the Jets season in 2010, when um, they talk about Santonio Holmes in one seat, and he's like, you know, who's the smart son of a bitch that signed that guy? And he, he's joking around with everyone, you know, <laughs> trying to make it seem like he was a genius. And really, that contract ended up being a disaster, as Holmes was a disaster as time went on. But, you know, he was he, he left town uh, with the Jets on the downswing. And I guess the jury's still out on Idzik because – um, I guess you know no one really knows what sort of grade to give him yet, um, and it does seem like Jets fans. I, I guess some are still skeptical. I guess maybe that's just the nature of Jets fans. But it seems like the more and more Jets fans I talk to, they're happy with the the personnel he's brought in, the, the decisions that he's made. Um, and I think the biggest one would be Geno Smith being the starting quarterback. And when you look at this team and the situation they sort of set themselves up with by bringing Vic in as a backup, I mean, it just seems like as soon as Geno starts to go south, it's almost like what you had with Tebow a couple years ago when everyone started to get behind him. And I feel like with the success that Vic's had in the past and, and being a guy who's proven in this league, even though he's at you know sort of an advanced age now for a quarterback, it seems like things could turn very quickly on Geno Smith if he doesn't get off to a strong start. Sure. I, I agree with that hypothetical, obviously, <laughs> uh, that it, if he doesn't have a strong start, it could turn south for him. But, you know, to back up a bit, um, you know, first, the difference between Tenenbaum and, and Edvik, uh is, you know, Tenenbaum was kind of an all-in guy, loved to make big, splashy moves, gamble, and he had his hits. I mean, he got Revis, you know, he, he had some nice drafts, you know, to his credit. But he would trade away picks, go for, move up for guys. I mean, obviously the Stephen Hill uh, debacle is, is proven, of course. I'm sure that now that he's on the Panthers, he'll, you know, be an all pro next year. But, I mean, he couldn't do anything to, to catch or run a route uh, the whole time he's been here, and it's been getting worse. And, you know, you move up into the second round for this guy, 
it, you know, those those are typical of the moves he made. Uh, and, you know, you go for a Tim Tebow who can't even play quarterback, uh, that's a lot different than, than the Vic situation, in my opinion. Uh, you know, finally, we, there's a quarterback that's a backup quarterback that you can win games with and people feel comfortable. I mean, the Jets haven't had that in forever. And Vic knew what he was getting into. He has a good relationship with Gino, and I really feel that they've elevated each other. And Vic wants Gino to succeed. I genuinely believe that based on, you know, interviews I've seen with him and how they conduct themselves and practice and games from, from what I've seen and heard. And, yeah, you have a great safety net. You couldn't have a better situation for a safety net. I mean, Vic is probably the number one backup quarterback in the league right now. Now, that being said, what I've seen Geno do in the preseason, I think I don't think you're going to have that issue. I really believe that he has gotten significantly better from last year where while he was wildly inconsistent, even when he was bad, he flashed a lot. I think his ceiling is really high. He's got a great deep ball. He can move, you know, he can run. He just has to get used to the game and be a little smarter. And I've seen that uh, from the small sample we've been able to catch in the, in the preseason. So, you know, I, I think it's a much more calculated effort uh, and more thought out bringing Vic in than that, you know, let's get the Tim Tebow show. Uh, this guy's pretty cool and popular. Wouldn't it be wild if we brought him in? Uh, approach that Tenenbaum took. So, you know, I think it's a night and day approach. And while I agree, it's still a little early to tell uh, how things are working with this GM. I think he's at least hedged his bets. He's, you know, gotten a lot of value for different players. And, yeah, there's risks. There's what happened with Corner, and, you know, that could be bad. But, we, you know, they haven't played a game yet, so we don't know what walls and, uh, you know, uh, Allen are going to look like at the starting quarterback position. Well, I know you're protective of your Jets, and I know you had a farm jersey, <laughs> and I and I know you did have that farm jersey. I know you had a Sanchez jersey, and you protected criticism against Sanchez till the last day he was a Jet. But when you look at Geno Smith, are you satisfied as a Jets fan that this is currently the quarterback of the future for your team? No, I'm not. I'm not. There's no way to be satisfied after one year, especially as inconsistent of a year as it was, and. Granted, yes, I am protective, but you know, my attitude is I don't, I feel like the one time I hate on someone and say there's no way they're going to be, they're going to work, that's going to be the person that, uh, ends up taking them all the way. And then I, I, you know, I can't say that I stuck with them the whole time. So that's part of my messed up mental makeup that causes me to protect a lot of these people. But I mean, the farm thing was exciting, but again, another ten of bum. But Gino, See, I, I see a lot of potential there, and I'm not going to be satisfied until he actually, you know, performs at the level that I hope he can. But you got the guy in the second round. You know, how many rookie quarterbacks are starting this year? Only Carr. Last year, you know, it was him and Manuel, I believe, were maybe only two. I mean, you had this whole kind of change in the outlook on the quarterback position when you had RG3 and Luck come out, and everyone was expecting, okay, you know, look at how good these guys are doing. Every quarterback should be ready for the NFL. But historically speaking, it takes time to develop. And a lot of the greats right now were not starters for their first few years. So, you know, Gina was thrown through the fire early, and I think he's handled it well, consider, you know, considering that. And, you know, he, he, if he starts, you know, doing what he did that, you know, quarter and a half against the Giants in the preseason and builds off of that and does what he did, the last four games of last year, uh, I think he can be a really 
scary quarterback to go up against. Well, with that and uh, the quarterback controversy comes the head coach controversy, and you know Rex got extended. He gets this year to coach when it seemed like um, that last win of the season was most likely a difference maker, and him being the Jets head coach or not. Uh, were you happy that they, you know, they gave him that year to come back here and you know try to prove himself one last time to maybe get um, another year after this? It seems like if they don't uh, have a winning season or a playoff uh, bound season, that he's going to finally be gone. But are you still on board with the Rex uh, Ryan bandwagon? Oh, I love Rex, man, and I, he's been in his best form I think this year so far. So I. I I was thrilled with Rex when he came in. I think he really embodied the attitude that I can have as a Jets fan. He's fun to watch. He's done a lot for this team. And I think, you know, I, I got frustrated with him at times in the last few years. And obviously there are things I wonder. But, you know, even like the quarterback position, sometimes you have to grow a bit as a head coach. And I think, you know, he kind of had a little bit too much free reign uh, under Tenenbaum. And... You know, I, the, the roster really depleted over that time, too, and the, the players on the team are getting worse. So it's like, what can you do? He's not an offensive guy, and Schottenheimer, as a coordinator, was not, I never was big on him, and Sperano was as much of a disaster as you could possibly have at, at that coaching position. And, you know, smart enough to get Marty Mordingweg, and then you have Isaac, who's, I think, keeping him reined in a little bit, but you, I'm starting to see that they are on the same page philosophy-wise. And I think if those two stick it out a little bit, uh, I think you can see some really good things from, from this franchise going forward. I think Isaac, you know, sees a bit farther ahead and is going to help Rex. And I actually don't think he's on as much of a hot seat. I mean, yeah, they go, you know, if they win four games, three games, which is possible, uh, <laughs> Rex will probably be gone. But they might not even have to you know, get into the playoffs or, or even win nine games to, for him to stay if they're showing improvement. Because for me, you look at all these other great franchises that the Jets have never been able to be compared to, there's consistency at the at the coaching position. And I think you have a really nice base here with that defense and what's being built on offense if Geno can move forward that I, I think I think you gotta stick with them a little bit longer, personally. Well, not only are you going to be at MetLife on Sunday for Week 1, but you're also headed to the following game, Week 2, at Lambeau Field for the Jets against the Packers. Um, you know, you like to think the Jets will be 1-0 heading to Lambeau and uh, not really in dire dire need of winning that game because it's going to be a tough game to win. But uh, Sunday, September 14th, at Green Bay, at Lambeau, your girlfriend is actually from Wisconsin, and uh, so that should make for for a pretty interesting time. You and your uh, what I'd like to think Geno Smith jersey out in uh, Packers land. Um, I'll probably be rocking Sheldon Richardson jersey. I think. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I'm going with my father, my brother-in-law, his father. We're doing you know the whole Green Bay Milwaukee trip. Uh, my girlfriend's mother, as a matter of fact, is going to be hosting us. Tailgate. Uh, we're going to have some, you know, Wisconsin-style broth and really get the whole experience. And then once we get into the stadium, we'll all be enemies again. And I, I actually have a bet with my girlfriend's mother, uh, who is she's a season uh, ticket holder to the Packers. And whichever team loses, uh, that person's team, you know, that person has to wear the jersey of the opposing team uh, at the next home game they attend. So. When the Jets do, in fact, beat the Packers, I have a nice Tim Tebow jersey 
uh, ready to go for uh, my girlfriend's mother to wear uh, at the next uh, Packers game she attends. <laughs> All right, Tim. Well, it's good to talk to you and get your optimistic outlook on the Jets as the season begins this weekend. <laughs> but you know, we'll someone's to... got to be optimistic. It's all <laughs> doom and gloom, man. You know, we got to hope, right? I feel like I should almost have your Someday dad on. I'll be right. I feel like I should have your dad on to get the uh, the other side of this. You know, maybe the next one we can do a little, uh, you know, uh, back and forth with uh, <laughs> Pat and myself. I think that could make for some for some nice podcast right there. Well, we'll definitely have to keep talking throughout the season, get the, the State of the Jets update from you, and uh, see how long you keep the optimism flowing. And uh, we'll definitely, I think the next time we'll talk, we'll talk after that Green Bay game when uh, I'm sure you'll be headed to MetLife wearing a Packers jersey. I'm sure you'll find me directly after that first loss, whether it's next Sunday or the week <laughs> after or later down the road, waiting uh, to catch me at a vulnerable moment because <laughs> – you do know that in in that time uh, after a bad loss, my mood is uh, is quite different. But uh, yeah, I'll talk to you uh, soon, and uh, let's go Jets. We're gonna start one and zero, hopefully two and zero, and go from there. All right, Tim. Thanks again. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.